Hey, what's going on, guys? Today's episode is brought to you by Tattered Lives Farms. People helping people is what a nonprofit Tattered Lives Farm is all about. Tattered Lives Farm is a nonprofit focused on wellness and land development that emotionally and financially changes lives. Tattered Lives Farm is building the first of many affordable rental housing developments where the renters are the owners through fractional ownership opportunities. People helping people and your desire to enter the real estate market is helping construct a unique, affordable housing environment for everyone's benefits. This is a concept that's one of a kind and a cause you can get behind. Tatterlice Farms isn't just asking you to donate, they're asking you to be part of the solution. So go ahead, go visit them on Instagram at Tatterlice Farms and tell them the Rambo Army sent you. What's good, Rambo Army? Today's episode, I got the one and only Jason Big Dick Energy. He's out here promoting and uh, asking people to support his cause, Tatterlice Farms, but not just only him. He has the lovely Jackie Ventura with him, and both of them talk about the whole structure, what it's about, help people, helping people. So I'm going to stop talking. I'm going to stop yapping. I'm going to play the music. Enjoy yourselves. Um, enjoy enjoy this episode because I enjoyed making it with these two lovely people. Again, this is Two Utes. This is Tatter Lives Farms. Let's go. What is happening, Ramble Army? This is a great bonus episode. I haven't done an episode like this in a while, but I thought I'd bring it out for a special person. Well, I'm sorry, special persons. Again, this is Ramble Alcoholics presents Two Youths. I'm your host, Whiskey J, and I'm accompanied by, again, the man, the myth, the legend himself, Jason, the number one fan, supporter of Ramble Alcoholics since day one. And Jason, you got, you got a guest with me. You got, you got a special guest. Do you want to introduce her? I do. I do. Uh, Jackie Ventura, she is the uh, director of our fundraising here at Tatter Lies Farm. Um, she came on board and I tell you what, she has since just really showcased her expertise in the nonprofit field and has really uh, elevated uh, TLF to, um, I think, where it needs to be in, in our future uh, is really secure with having her come on board. Well, Jackie, thank you for coming on here. From what I heard, it's your first time on this show. Hopefully, I'm not too uh, brash, not too uh, harsh at anything I say. And if, if I offend you, I'm sorry. Thanks, guys. Yeah, it is my first podcast, but I am from boston so we're used to brash and a lot of sass oh, hell yeah, here, so i can handle it for sure oh you'll be used I'm to it. Excited. Oh, yeah. <laughs> i know i was caught off guard i'm like wait there's two i'm like wait wait who i'm like i'm on man jason's gotten too big now he has a crew coming with him now i'm like <laughs> i'm like oh what's going on here she com she compliments me now <laughs> <laughs> so Jason, so Tatter Life's uh, Farms, uh, I know this is something we had talked about, I think, on our last interview, which was for, uh, oh, my gosh, it's starting to uh, go away from me. I think we were doing the your coin. Yeah. And you had talked about it. And then now, with everything going on, Tatter Life's Farms, what is it? What's going on? I, I know there's something we've talked about um, behind the scenes, but for the Rambo Army, who has been seeing it right now because I like to announce that they, these guys are a paid sponsor for my event that I'm doing April 29th. 
and they see it. And the question I always get, what is it? So, I mean, open so, for you guys. Well, so Tattered Life's Farm, as you know, it's a, a nonprofit 501c3. Uh, we're late, located here in um, North Carolina. And uh, it started back in 19. And unfortunately, because of COVID, like a lot of things, you know, there was a pause button hit. And then uh, in November of 2022, we really started to get the wheels turning again. And we sort of, uh, it was a 56 acre farm that we were building to help kids with special needs and families that have gone through and kids that have gone through traumatic experiences. So we were going to have a animal petting area and um, different therapeutic things with animals and different things on farm that can, um, you know, support the rebuilding of the family dynamics in, unfortunately, uh, um, in some tough times uh, that they have, you know, fallen upon. And then in November, um, I wanted to just do something different. You know, if you know anything about the real estate market, you know, it's changing. And unfortunately, you know, a lot of the things, you know, the American dream of owning that home is sort of just slowly deteriorating and, um, everything's, you know, going to rentals. And I think if people look at the dynamics of, you know, the, the major hedge funds that, you know, own those type of things and where they're putting their money, you know, there's billions and billions of dollars in buying up housing developments and turning them into rentals. Unfortunately, they're not affordable rentals for a lot of these families now, especially in the economic times that we live in. So what I originally had scheduled were 100 homes for a for-profit company. And then I decided I was going to gift uh, Wilma, the original landowner, and I um, decided that we were going to gift that uh, land over to TLF, the farm. And then we are now taking those um, lots and we're making them all affordable rentals. And so... Um, that's the biggest thing that, you know, has changed for TLF, uh, as late, um, the coolest part of it all, not only is, is this for, you know, again, families, uh, it's not government subsidized. I need to make that. It's just affordable rentals. We're just saying that as a nonprofit, we don't have a CEO making $16 million a year and a CFO making 2 million. And we don't have these exorbitant, um, payroll and stuff like that. So as a nonprofit, you know, we keep things as uh, economical as possible. And so because we can build cheaper, um, because we don't have that overhead, that's how we can make them affordable. You know, we can make the uh, rents less than the, the local market, you know, uh, because of those savings. And that's the, you know, one of the exciting things. The second part, and you and I had, I sent you a text about this, is everybody wants to get into real estate yeah. and, and how, how can they do that? And unfortunately, you know, a lot of times you got to go to hard money lenders. They'll give you maybe like a 12 month, you know, short-term loan that you have to then flip back into a bank and this and that. And, you know, unfortunately, you know, it's, that's a, you know, roll of the dice. And so there's a company that is backed by a, a very large individual, a billionaire, um, who is doing this exact thing and it's called fractional ownership. 
And what that means is that every property that is built, because ours are all new construction, um, every property that is built um, as low as a hundred dollars, you can you can invest into that property. And so, if a, if a property costs us two hundred thousand to build, and you put a hundred dollars in, you will own one two thousandth of that property. And so, when that person pays their rent, you will get that portion of uh, that rent. And so that allows the average person, and I hate using the word average person, I just don't know what else to say, but um, that that gives, you know, the not as savvy real estate investor, the ability to, to slowly start building their real estate portfolio. They don't have to worry about managing it. They don't have to worry about, um, the bank, you know, uh, payments or anything like that. It's literally all they do is they just, they'll put their money into this and then they just start receiving money back. It's literally that simple. Okay. I mean, it sounds simple when you, when you send me the text and I'm reading it and I'm like, you know what? Sounds pretty simple. And I showed it to my friend and he was like, Hey, this sounds like a great idea. And I go, you know what it is. And when I interview him and the episode will be out soon, you'll get to find out more details about it. But like you said, the average person doesn't know about real estate or anything like that. And they're what you're just saying sounds great. But you know, you know what they're doing, you know, and I don't want to interrupt, but here's here's the problem. Here's the problem is that these people are buying these fucking classes for you know five thousand dollars on how to get into real estate and you know, pay me ten thousand and I'll teach you how I got, you know, I made a million dollars. And the problem is it all comes down to one thing. And one thing is, do you have the capital to get into it? If you don't have what the bank is going to require as a down payment to go buy that double, to go buy that rental, well, you ain't going to get it. You don't have 30 grand to put down. And there's classes out there that say, it's, oh, it's, light, it's low as 5,000. I bought this property with no money down. Most of that, I'm not saying all of it, but most of that is complete horseshit. And I was about to ask you that because, I mean, you're telling this story, but then there's a Joe Schmo somewhere that will say, hey, for $5,000, I was able to do this and I built an empire of real estate. And and some have back in the day. Banking banking back then is completely different than banking now. Mm -hmm. And so if you do have the ability to go to a hard money lender to upfront that money, and then again, to refinance that property and, you know, and stuff like that, you know, those, those old school ways are a great way to build a real estate portfolio. It, mm. it really is. If you have the knowledge and the financial capability to do that, um, because, you know, the old school way and building up that uh, portfolio equity is certainly different than mine. I mm. mean, you you get equity, you know. So in a two hundred thousand dollar house, you get you know one two thousandth of that equity. Uh, you know, so if that house go, you know, if the value goes up to two hundred and twenty the following year, well, now you own you know one two hundred and twenty thousandth you know equity of that. $220,000 property, you know? Yeah. So you will still get that equity capability in that. It's just that you don't own the whole thing. You are a fractional owner. And so it allows the person who doesn't have that real estate savviness or that connection 
or um, the ability to find, you know, the properties, or they don't want to waste $6,000, you know, for a class and then, you know, boom, it, you know, you don't make it. Um, or, it, you know, it saves on, you know, um, I see, you know, I, I own rentals. And so um, there is a lot of times where, yeah, we own this property, but then, you know, somebody didn't pay rent, somebody didn't do this, they busted up the property. Well, well that doesn't fall back on, you know, to, to those, the, the people that are, you know, the owners of that, well, that comes out of their, their pocket, you know? Um, you know, so it, the old school way, and if people can make money at that, heck yeah, man, like I'm, I'm, I'm a capitalist by heart, you know that, you know, you and I have always talked about that. Yeah. Uh, but, for the everyday person, you know, they dream of getting into real estate. Well, here's an option to you to slowly get into it. And then this is just one part of your portfolio. Let this start to build up, whereas you can get the equity build up and then you can always sell that equity. You know, I mean, if you buy in at 200 and it goes to 250, well, if you want to cash out at that property, you know, at that point in time, you know, there's regulations that we have to follow through the securities exchange, but cash out, you know, go. And then, you know, if that saves you up the money for you to catapult you into, you know, the next level of, um, you know, being a real estate mogul, hell yeah. You know, and, and this goes back to the people, you know, our model of people helping people. Um, I'm a firm believer, like there's nothing wrong with making money on helping a family. All we're asking is that, you know, through us as a nonprofit, we're going to keep the rents lower uh, through our construction capabilities. And so our rents are going to be lower for those families that, that need help. Okay. Now in, in that situation, like you're like, when I looked at it, I was like, okay, so I'm going to, let's say I invest mm -hmm. and that money, I don't got to worry about it pretty much. No. I just tallies up, tallies up, tallies up. But now what happens if like you're looking to have a $200, a $200,000 home, but you only got four people investing what happens to the rest of the of the rest of that property then so the rest of the fractional yeah they're fractional yes yeah so it, let's just say on a $200,000 property you put in $100 another friend puts in 100 and you know two other friends put in 100 well those are there's four fractions of the 2000 fractions that are available the farm itself owns the rest of the fractions gotcha okay and then the objective is the farm will always constantly keep those open because we want other people to own that. You know, the farm doesn't want to own it, you know, that yeah. um, we, the whole objective is to get as many people are, you know, around um, to be able to invest in that, to, you know, um, start building their real estate portfolio. And then again, it's those people that are helping other people. Now, I'm sold on it. Like when you, you told me about it and I looked into it and, and, and I spoke to somebody about it, they're like, hey, it's not a bad. But for the people that want fast money, fast, everything's quick. Nowadays, TikTok, you got, you're looking at a, a minute video. I don't got yeah. time to give you $100 to $500. I want that money back, doubled and tripled back. What do you say to those people? Because to me, it's like you got to be patient. To me, it's the long game. I've always it done is. the long game. Yeah, it, you know? it, this is... This isn't unfortunately flipping, um, you know, so this property doesn't, you know, you can't vest in it. And then two months later, you know, pull your money out. You know, there's guidelines that through um, the regulations that we have to follow and, and that we set for ourselves, 
that your money will stay in there for X amount of time before you can, you, you can pull it out. Okay. Um, so again, um, to me, I'm, I'm going by what no, it's the conversations. A, yeah. of, I was like, that was one of the conversations. I was talking to my coworkers about it because I was trying to get them. Hey guys, because a lot of people, especially at my age now, they're like, Hey, we want to invest in, we want to open, you know, for like buy real estate or invest in stock market. We want to bet at the same time. We want that money. I've been more like, I'll invest in stock. I'm just gonna let it sit there. I got no need for yeah. it, that money. I don't count at that money. I'm just letting it yeah. sit there. Same thing with the, my business here in um, Ram Alcoholics. I, I got Patreon. I got people paying. I haven't. I don't touch that money. I don't even count it as my own money yet. I just well, let and, it built and, up. Yeah, and my thing is too is with this, um, the numbers that I sent you, and and again they're fictional numbers. Yeah. you know, based off of. And, and, and well, they're easily made because I know what construction cost is going to be. And I know what we would charge for rent for that particular home that I had sent you that example of. Mm. Well, that, that example right there is a 7% return on your investment. That's mm. showing a 7% return. If you took that 7% and you just kept rolling it over and, and buying more fractions of other properties that we have, it, it's simple mathematics. Your one investment can roll, and you would technically, after 18 months, would not have to ever put in another penny, and your interest that you are making now is buying more fractions over and over. So so that's one way to look at it comparatively um, to other, you know, investments. And for a hundred bucks, what the hell do you, you know, what can you buy, you know, through, um, uh, well, even Robinhood or what's that other app that uh, you see online that where you can up, you know, like oh. you can buy, buy something and you can up your change and, um, oh shit, what is it? Acorn? But anyway, there you Acorn, go. There you go. Thinking about it right now Thank you, Jackie. Yeah. Acorn. <laughs> you know, Wabu so or something like, is another one, yeah. yeah. So that's a great, you know, that's a great concept. You know, you buy something, hell yeah, I'll round it up and get six cents you know, and, and put that into a portfolio and, and what you can, and what you can get. Um, so that's one way to look at it is letting it, you know, sit there. This is, and real estate should always be a long-term play. Um, unless you're flipping, if you see a property and you go in and you buy and you want to flip, but show me the flippers right now in this market. And I was about to ask you that because, uh, one of my questions I have, and I'm going to give a quick shout out to Steve Akala. Um, he's a real estate agent himself. He goes, what do you, what's your uh, thoughts on interest rates being so high? And is it a good time to invest? Like right now at this moment, you know, for a hundred bucks, you own one of 200 of a, of a share. What do you say, say right now to people that say, well, interest rates are too high. Like you want me to give a hundred bucks. Is this reasonable? Well, well, interest rates, interest rates and investing, I mean, are, are sort of, it's, it's yeah. two different things. I mean, interest rates right now, on uh, buying new homes. Um, again, we had talked about that. Go do the research. I can, I can give you article after article of, again, the four largest hedge funds. So you got what, BlackRock, Vanguard, State Street, you've got Schwab, you've got um, um, Wells Fargo, you know, go do the research and, and look at Wells Fargo when they, when they put out how they're slowly phasing out their, um, uh, mortgage, you know, which basically they're never going to get rid of it, but they're tightening it up. 
Um, and then go and look at how much they invested into buying up existing developments and turning them all to rentals. That's like the new thing right now, right? Converting, because I'm noticing it around here, like they're taking homes, demolishing them and build them into like condo complex, almost apartment yep. homes. Correct. And making everything. Entire, yeah. Everything. I'm, I mean, the prediction that I would say would probably be within the next, I would say at least 10 years at the minimum. Um, there, it's going to be buying a home is going to be very difficult oh, here. So you don't think you it's know? a good time to invest with everything with the high interest rates? I don't think it's a good time to invest in buying a home mm -hmm. at this interest rate, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and here's why. At least this is, again, my opinion. Been doing yeah. this for a while. If you're going to buy at this interest rate and what the points and all this that you're going to have, and then at that point, you want to refinance. Well, when are, the, when are interest rates going to go back down into the twos and threes? what, 10, 10 years, you know, eight years, if, you know, we don't even know what the hell the dollar is going to do. Are they going to a, you know, crypto? Are they going to a digital currency? And so I think for me, for me to buy a home, it's, it's too, it's too dicey. Um, now me too, like I'm putting my money into building this. And so I'm banking on the average person saying, if the market's going to go to all rentals, then so be it. Then I will get into investing in the rental market. And so there's taking, that's so, so you would you you suggest like for a person, let's say like I'm let's say I was a first time home buyer and I got a, a good decent like three percent down on a home. Yeah. Instead of me putting it into buying a home and getting myself into a bigger debt, take this put it into a, this type of fractional investment and then slowly see that money pile up for me? Well, here's the problem with that <laughs> is that your actual home in 15 years mm. will give you equity. Yeah. You know, as long as you pay your taxes and you don't get behind on anything and, you know, stuff like that, um, you will have equity in that home. And so that is, that's technically the American dream. Um, so that's sort of two different, two different scenarios. If you, if you're looking for to put a roof over your head is, is what you're asking. If you're looking to put a roof over your head, I would say buy, buy hundred percent, even at this, e even at this interest rate, because at the end of the day, and you can refinance at some point, mm -hmm. hopefully to a lower interest rate. At that point, you've got to look to see what interest rate you're at. And your realtor and your banker can sort of work with you on that to say where interest rates are at now, where they may be, because again, everything's trendable. So you can look at the 70s, 80s, 90s, you know, 2000s, and, and you can see what interest rates have done. You know, we're, we're circular in that, in that situation. And so if, that's the, if that is the scenario, then they should be able to say, You'll be paying on this and we should be able to refinance this in six years. Well, then you've got to look at all your, you know, what's all of those closing costs going to cost and this and that on you to make a decision on if it's best for you to buy comparative to what it would cost you to rent. So you can say it's going to cost me $2,000 a month to rent a three bedroom, two bath house. And my mortgage on that same house would be $1,700. So you're saving $300 a month. 
$3,600 a year. But in year seven, it's going to take you $10,000 to refinance, closing costs, whatever. I'm just, you know. And then at that point, well, how much did you actually save in doing that? In buying a home? Well, you can say that you saved three hundred. dollars 10,000 while that, you know, over 10 years, that's $36,000 that you saved. And so, well, of course, it's a better idea to um, buy a home. But now let's take those numbers and say, well, once I refinance and all that, well, no, it's better for me to rent a home. Um, maybe you're going to look to move. You know, I, I know there's a lot of homes sitting, you know, for quite some time um, comparatively now. But here's the difference. A lot of those homes that were sitting now are being bought by investor in investment groups, you know, hedge funds. And so those homes are eventually going to get turned over to rentals anyways. You know, but what you're asking, what your actual question is, is, is it better to buy a home or invest in, take that money down and invest? I can't make that decision for you because if I would always say buy a home, don't, don't invest money, you know, make sure you always have a roof over your head, but if you have money to invest and that's why, you know, we've made this for, you know, something as low as a hundred dollars is that you have that capability to get that mortgage and put a roof over your head. But you know what, you know, over a month, you can save a hundred dollars and you can start vesting in a real estate portfolio. And so now you're killing two birds with one stone. Yeah. Okay. That makes more sense. So the non, uh, was it nonprofit? Yeah. Again, aside from you saying there's no CEO, there's no, you know, basically there's no people out here gouging the money for a company like this. How does yep. that work? I mean, aside from that, can you go into more details about the nonprofit? On how that will be set up in, in the fractional ownership side yeah. of things. Yes, yeah. sir. Well, so the nonprofit, you know, my objective is the nonprofit will acquire the land and develop the land. And then how the structure is set up is then it has a note that it goes to technically a for-profit, you know, the fractional ownership side of things is a for-profit company. Um, and so it gives that company a note and says, you owe us this amount of money for this particular property then that for-profit company goes and everyone vests into that and pays down that note. And then that's how it allows that nonprofit to go and get more land and keep doing it all over the country. Okay. Okay. That makes more sense. Yeah. Cause I was like, wait, how does that, aside from like, you said that comment to me about like no CEO, no yeah. CFO, but like, I wanted like a broader thing. Like, how does that, okay. Yeah. That makes more sense. That makes more sense. And so by doing that, Comparative to having a for-profit company do all the construction and stuff like that, then we would be we would have all that absorbent um, overhead and the high costs and this and that. So that's why the nonprofit will acquire the land and develop the land and do the construction, and then you know at its cost, and then it just supplies a note to the for-profit and says, "Here you go. Here's a property for you to you know go find uh, people to buy fractional ownerships of it." So when it comes down to the fundraising, has it been hard to do this type of stuff to get people to like invest to do all this stuff you guys are doing right now? Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna give that one over to Jackie. I'm waiting. I was waiting for Jackie. I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna wait. I'm gonna wait. I'm gonna find a moment because I thought Jackie got a little bit too comfortable in, in this conversation. So. Yeah. 
<laughs> I thought I was getting off uh, with uh, Jason taking the lead, but no, I'm happy to talk about that. So I think, you know, as Jason mentioned, a lot of this really kind of ramped up again at the end of last year. And I actually just joined the team only about three weeks ago. Oh, wow. um, so we're really kind of in the process right now of developing what our fundraising plan is going to look like the types of donors we're going to go after the types of events we're going to host and things like that, how we're going to market ourselves towards other nonprofits so that we can be seen as a resource to them. Um, and my background is in fundraising. I came from a nonprofit of a rare disease where I was in charge of fundraising events as well as just obtaining individual donations. And it's fundraising's hard. It's it's definitely not for the faint of heart. And you know, I was I was talking to Jason about this last week, and it's interesting. You know, fundraising really is sales, right? You know, you're asking people for money. Um, you know, and I think what's what drew me to Tattered Life's Farm, you know, coming from another nonprofit is that, you know, we are really rooting for the underdog, right? You know, people who have had tough, tough things dealt to them. And that's something that everybody can relate to in some instance. You know, nonprofit fundraising is challenging because typically when people donate, they're donating to something that's relatable to them, whether it's, you know, a cause for cancer or, you know, something for, you know, animal abuse or, um, you know, things like that. But for us, everyone can relate to what Tatter Life's Farm is about. And I think, you know, as we start to get out there in the community and um, show others what we're fundraising for, it's going to naturally, I hope, be an easy sell in that instance because again everyone's had a tough time financially at some point in their life a tough time mentally some point in life a tough time medically um you know coming from a nonprofit where we service very very sick children um it's that takes a toll on families not just financially but mentally emotionally etc and there's tons of diseases or issues out there that people experience and you know, being able to provide housing for them that would be more affordable is is huge, along with the fact of what we're going to be able to offer at the farm, not just for those families, but for other local community members. So in a long, short answer, yeah, I mean, it's definitely going to be challenging in the aspect that we're new. Um, but I think, again, we can appeal to people of every background, you know, because everyone's had some challenge in their life and people kind of love a, a feel good story or comeback story or know that they're rooting for the underdog. And I think that, you know, we're excited to kind of get out there and be able to, you know, show what we're going to be able to do and then get that money from those people that want to support us. And I hope you guys get that money. Cause I mean, everything I know that Jason does is very passionate very well thought out. It isn't just something, you know, like any type of like person just, I'm just in here for the buck. Like this guy does it with a kind heart with, uh, with all 100% yeah. energy with positive energy. Thank you. And I think, you know, to, oh, I appreciate that Dave, very much. Um, I, I want to add, you know, she said something very important there is that people aren't going to vest, whether it's a donation or in the real estate, if they're not passionate about it, if our cause doesn't hit them, especially, you know, you're out in California and this is in Maple Hill, North Carolina. 
what, what the hell would somebody care about? You know, well, at the end of the day, money, putting money in their pocket. So that's where I say, like, it's okay to make a little bit of money off helping other people. There's nothing wrong with that. I'm the one who is foregoing the, and, and people within in our organization are foregoing the big paydays. The, the vester isn't. Like I said, I mean, at the end of the day, do the, do the math. It's simple mathematics. If somebody's making 7% on their, on their return, well, that's as good as anything that's happening in the market in a lot of cases, yeah. you know? And we will, we won't um, uh, be attractive to people that want to, you know, take a hundred bucks to try and make 400. I mean, I don't work like that. I don't, I don't think that that's a, a, a way to, you know, I certainly isn't how I built my wealth. Um, you know, that quick buck just never, you know, did anything for me, you know? Because um, a lot today's of today's society, that's kind of where everyone's at right now. Though. Like if everybody yeah. wants that quick buck, everybody wants the American dream but without having to struggle to get it. Everyone wants exactly. it instantly. Yeah. And it does. Unfortunately, you ask any truly wealthy, truly wealthy, not Instagram wealth, not, you know, influencer wealth, because listen, all I know is that the minute I mean that Instagram stopped paying the creators and or um, you know slowed people's accounts down from or shadow banned and this and that. People are like they're flipping like holy hell you know how am I you know I'm getting demonetized from this stuff you know same with YouTube and all these platforms they got you they got you by the freaking kahunas right true, and true. so and so where where's your money where you, what you're making it off dancing on TikTok. Well, TikTok just changed their monetization also. And you're, so you're going to tell me you want to go, you, you, it's more important for you to try to go make that buck. And so you're going to go do stupid shit and you're going to go into, you know, what was it? The Home Depot or something like that. And you're going to do, do, do stupid pranks. Well, you do stupid stuff and, you know, you play stupid games and, you know, stupid things happen. Well, the guy got shot because <laughs> he pissed someone off, you know? So I think we have to change the mentality. And again, real estate is a good solid, you know, talk to your, you know, talk to your agent, you know, like him and I may not agree. I mean, certainly a, a real estate agent is not going to side with me because one, I'm, I'm into rentals. So I'm totally against, you know, what he's doing, but go ahead and ask that individual, how many real estate agents since the market has changed and interest rates have gone up, Simply asking this question, how many real estate agents have left the industry? I know. I know how many. I, I've, I've I talked to one today in the morning when I told him I was doing this interview. And he said there's a lot of people like leaving, like one of the, eight, the offices he's working at. They don't charge him a fee for working from there. But if it's going the way it's going, they're going to end up charging a fee to be sitting in that desk. Because exactly. that's how much they're hurting at the moment. Yeah. Exactly. And so because and you have to change with the market. Tattered Life's farm sees that. It sees the American dream is slowly fading away. And so what can we do to just help these families? If the market's changing to rentals, we can do our little bit by helping families afford affordable rents. That's it. And knowing that that's going to happen, 
we can go to the people that want to invest in real estate and say, here, get into this. I'm telling you what, we opened up when, when, when I started this, uh, we put a, we put an application online and I, you know, I've been shadow banned on, on social media for a while. Cause I post, you know, stupid political stuff here and there. And so, uh, but I posted it and I think it was within 72 hours. We had 90 qualified applicants. Oh, wow. Yeah. Now you tell me if there isn't a market for, for this. And so we know just from that alone, that we have the capability of selling out that development in rentals to good qualified families. Again, this isn't government subsidized. So that, cause there's a community there already. And so we want the same type of community members, you know, good quality people that are already there in that community. We want those same type of people, you know, but let's just say, unfortunately, you know, Johnny's dad passed away in a car accident. Well, Johnny's dad was the breadwinner. Well, now, you know, they don't know what the hell they're going to do. They can't live in Kansas City anymore. They don't, you know, Kansas City doesn't have affordable rent. They don't want to go live in a, in a government subsidized housing. So they may have to, you know, move to Maple Hill, North Carolina, you know, to af- afford that rent. And that's what it's there to help. Let me ask you this though: Why why hasn't this caught on everywhere anywhere else? Is it because everyone's still stuck in the old ways of real estate instead of doing fractional ownership? Because I mean, California no. rents are sky high. You're you're renting a no. almost like a dog shed for almost three thousand dollars. Yeah, and then well, rent controls out of, out of control, housing's out of control. You you want my honest opinion? Yeah, well, that's, I mean, I'm asking. Yeah, everybody's you know. <laughs> And, and this is about as truthful as I can be. So you, know, you, you know, I had cancer, you know, in 2018, I had, you know, three, I was diagnosed with three different cancers then. And, and, and last year with my fourth type, I had met an individual that came into my life. He's a very spiritual man. Now I believe in God and take Jesus Christ as my savior and all that, but I'm not, you know, he's like very spiritual. He knows everything about that. And he told me one time, he goes, you know, when you give, you will receive. And it just stuck with me. And so, and you know, I've done other businesses that I've always tried to help other people. I have, whether through my three bankruptcies, again, you know, I, I, I've taught you and I've talked about that yeah. uh, multiple times on, you know, what to look out for from, you know, when you're dealing, you know, because two of mine were, you know, I, I went up against massive corporations, you know, well, I'm a turd. So the turd got squashed, <laughs> you know, so I needed to do what I needed to do to protect my family. You know, same with the, the third one. When I got can I got all those cancers. I had to do what I needed to do to, you know, close down what businesses I, you know, didn't know how long I was going to live, and and uh, you know, really went after to make sure that my family was, you know, protected. And that's what those laws are there for. It wasn't because I was in debt and I'm, you know, buying, you know, Rolls Royces and and Lamborghinis, and I have fifteen houses that I couldn't afford and shit like that. It was literally just to protect, you know, protect things. Um, but with that said, um, the problem is, is that, you know, people don't like to give back because they, you know, it's a capitalist side of, you know, the, the business and real estate, you can make a lot of money off of. And so if 
they set the market, you know, and that's just different. So when I met this individual and he came into my life and he made that one comment to me, if you give, you shall receive. I personally think I've gotten better news with my health as late. Um, so I think as much as I'm giving back, I think there's things happening in my life that's keeping me here to do these type of things. And I know that, you know, some people are going to be like, what a jerk off. But that's truly how I feel. You know, yeah. I that's just I feel that I'm being given time on this earth um, to do something pretty freaking awesome. And I'm telling you and I'm looking at you, you know, well, I'm looking at you on, on, on screen now. But Jackie and I've talked about this. We will be the largest land, the largest nonprofit land development company in the States. I'm, that is exactly what we're going to do. We're going to take TLF and it's going to be nationwide. And we're going to have these, these little communities around for people um, to have affordable rent. Are we going to change the world? We're going to change the world one house at a time. That's what we're going to do. Um, we know our first house, we're going to start it, you know, late fall, our first fractional house. Um, I'm announcing it here today. Uh, we're going to start, you know, um, late fall. Uh, which we're super excited about. And so once it gets going, which it already has, and we have a lot of people interested, you know, but to back to your to question, I just think that people just don't give a shit about other people. Yeah, that's, that's literally just, I mean, it's well, just yeah, a it's a, what am I going to get out of it? If I'm giving you yeah. something, what am I getting in return? It's that's kind of yeah. what it and, is. And, there, and that, and knowing that mentality, hundred percent knowing that mentality I'm giving that person exactly what they want. You give me a hundred dollars. I'm going to give you the ability to, to make money on the rent of that hundred dollars sitting in that fractional ownership. Do you think so that type right. of idea suppressed? Like, do you think that the ideology of like, Hey, let's help each other out. Like with this great thing, I believe in it. I'm pretty much, you know, aside from talking to my wife to make sure it's cool. I'm going to be probably doing and investing into it too. But do you think that kind of information is oppressed? You don't think like, uh, you know, whether it be social media or big conglomerate don't want people to know that they can do this. Is this something that's realistic? No, I don't. Here's, here's the number one thing. And this, this sort of goes back to what Jackie was saying. Our number one obstacle in all this, and you've already touched on it, is people wanting to make the quick buck. Mm. Is because if you put a hundred bucks, well, the, the example that I gave you is if you put in 500. Yeah on a $300,000 house, it would be about a 7.26% return. Well, that on that is, was like what, 36 bucks a year. Yeah. You would make 30, you would make 36 bucks a year doing nothing. Your money's sitting there. So if you put $500 in savings account, what's it making you? Zero. More likely you're going to transfer it over to your checking and use it, <laughs> you know? So, but, so we need the people who want to help other people and say, you know what, I'm going to put 500, I'm going to put a thousand, I'm going to put, you know, I'm going to put this money because I want it to just sit there and, and just keep accruing money. And then I'm just going to keep flipping that over until maybe I get to 20 grand. Once I hit 20, then I might cash out or, you know, who knows at that point, but that person there understands you have to be a long-term play. And so we're banking on people that understand the true financial market. 
So when people are investing in their 401ks or um, they're doing their stocks, you know, or whatever, um, they just let it sit there. You yeah. ask, you know, Warren Buffett, you know, one of my partners uh, in my original developments, you know, uh, his name was Warren too. Um, he was a financial guy and he made his money off the market. And so he sat, his stuff was, you know, so when he passed away, he was, he was, I think, 89 at the time. Um, and he taught me so much about the market and you just, it's a, it's a long-term play, you know, now there's other, there's other things in the market that aren't that, you know, you can flip and, and do your daily, you know, stuff like that. There's penny stocks and stuff and, you know, that you can get into. And, and now with these new apps, it is easier to, you know, make a thousand, get out at 1200 and, you know, and stuff like that. So, Will we will we be interested um, interesting to those people? I don't know. You know, they might have to have a heart to say, "Hell yeah!" You know, this is a this is a good cause. Because remember, at the end of the day, we're a mission. Um, no different than when Jackie's fundraising and all the events she's got scheduled and stuff like that. She has a specific goal that she wants to hit, and we have a specific goal that I want to hit within the real estate market. Um, and so we have to try to marry those two together and see how we can, um, you know, grow it from there. And it's really, you know, no different than, um, cause you know, you know, I came to you about doing this because we're going to give away a home rent free. Oh, I'm about to ask you right now. I know you said that it was a giveaway. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so, you know, we're going to take our very first lot. We announced it on April fool's day. You know, we said it's, this is not an April fool's joke. But um, right now, applications are open. Fam you know, families and individuals um, can you know follow the rules, submit their video, and then that's up, that's open until October first. And then at that point, we will then you know go through all the applications, um, make sure that they all follow the rules and everything. Everybody that did will then you know go into a, a, a pot, and um, we'll have a random winner picked um, December first of this year. And then at that point, um, we will then work with that family on their specific needs. So let's just say it's um, a, a child that is wheelchair bound and they need maybe a crane put in, you know, built into the house. So we will redesign that particular house to that particular family's needs. Oh, nice. And then they'll live rent free. And then we're looking for, you know, we'll look for sponsors to maybe help with groceries utilities, um, lawn care, whatever, you know, maybe, you know, so then we'll start building sponsors, you know, to do that. So our mission is just to help people. That, that's, that's, at the end of the day, that's what it is. And, and I'm just doing it in a market um, that people want to get in. And so I'm taking somebody's idea that currently does it for profit and said, you know what? We're going to do it as a nonprofit, the fractional ownership. We're gonna do it as a nonprofit. And that's how we're going to succeed. We're gonna give people what they want. Like you said, if I'm gonna give you a hundred bucks, what the hell am I gonna get for it? Here's what you're gonna get for it. I don't want your hundred, just don't donate it. Cause I'll guarantee you, you're not gonna give, you're not gonna take the letter that I give you and give it to your, your uh, tax man. <laughs> you're not gonna do that. So don't give me, don't donate your hundred, give it to me and I'll let you make money on it. I mean, the, so my, my, my question when we were, as we were talking right now, so if I give you the hundred and let's say, you know, makes it starts building up, you could, you're saying that I can use that money and then add into it more into that pot. 
Yeah. So pretty if much, there's, it, there's yeah. if there's fractional owners, let's say you own you own you know unit twenty one, a portion of it. Yeah. Well, if there's still if there's still if there's still fractional ownership available in unit twenty one, you can just keep buying more fractions of that unit. But let's just say unit twenty one all bought out, and and you you're like, well, I want to start rolling this over. And what's the next unit? Well, unit seventy six is the next one you would you would invest in. And so now you would own portions of unit twenty one and portions of seventy six. Okay, okay, that makes more sense. And then and then you've got rent. You know, again, when those people are paying rent, you know, you're making money. I see. Like I said, I love the idea when you brought it up to me. This is a conversation we had like what a month ago. When you're like, "Hey, I'm doing this," yeah. and I'm like, "You know what? I like the idea." And then as then as of the weeks have gone by, you've you know fed me information about it is what it's about, and I've talked to people. And the way I look at it is, I do invest. Why not? It's it's a it's it's a for a purpose. Like you're saying, you're getting in the today's society of what am I getting back? You're getting into the real estate game by having a portfolio. No, you're getting started. This is like this is your training wheels. To me, this is my training wheels. I own a home, but I love to have more in my portfolio to be like, hey, I not only do I own a home, but I'm a fraction owner as well too. For sure, it, it, and it gives the people. Um, the ability to do that. Like you said, it's the training wheels to get into it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then listen, there's nothing wrong with taking the training wheels off. Yeah. And if you own and, 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 and say in five years, you own enough of the fractional ownership and you've made enough off of this that you're like, you know what? I want to cash half of it out and I want to go buy my first property. There's nothing wrong with that. I'm all, again, I'm all about the success of people, man. Like I love when people freaking succeed, man. I love it. Um, You know, another thing, and and Jackie and I had talked about this and she can, and she can join in on, on our conversation. But one of the big things that I have talked about this is that when I came to Jackie and and she, cause again, I I had to pitch her to come over, you know, um, because of her expertise, you know, this, it wasn't an easy, like, Hey, why don't you come on over to something completely new and, you know, that, you know, nothing about let's, you know, redo the whole entire world. Um, you know, so I had to pitch her and one of my pitches is that I want to take the families who's being helped and teach them financially to say, listen, you save a hundred dollars and now you can own one of the properties that can help pay your rent in getting helping you get back on your feet. So we become very circular and we are, we are truly people helping people. So when, you know, when Tommy and his mom are living in one of our properties and she sees like, Hey, I'm going to, I want to invest now. And now she puts money like you in, in, in unit 76. Well, now unit 76 is helping her pay her rent. How freaking cool is that? It's just, listen, I don't give it, you know, people can think I'm a shithead all I want, but at the end of the day, it's a cool freaking concept. We just got to get other people to believe in that it's okay that you're going to make money off helping someone. There's nothing wrong with that. But if you think you're going to go out and buy a freaking Lamborghini in two weeks investing in Tatterlized Farms, like, no, you got a better chance of getting pregnant. Yeah, it's true, though. It's true. It's, it's the truth. You're not going to walk in there with $500 and then walk out in two weeks with 500000 out of it. No, that is not going to happen. No, you're not going to. That, no. That's kind of the, the thing that I, I think that might deter people not to, but I think kind-hearted people and people that look at it the long game and start breaking it down and be like, 
why not? Like you said, what do you when you give a hundred dollars to a fundraiser, what do you get out of it? Aside from a letter saying, "Hey, thanks for donating," and a thumbs up. Yeah. Here you're getting yeah. you're getting something in return, and yeah, I think saying it in that way does make you sound like an asshole, but it's for a purpose. So you're you're helping somebody live in an affordable home, and in return, you're getting some type of monetary monetization because of that. Yeah, and and like I said, we are we're not going to be, you know, our cause, no matter how awesome it is. I just don't think that we will be interest be interesting enough to those quick flippers. You know, no, no. Uh, we we just won't. I don't know. I could be completely wrong, and they, you know, and hopefully they prove me wrong, and that they're like, you know what, I'm gonna give I'm gonna give five grand. I, I got five grand. I'm going to give them five grand and I'm going to just let it sit because, you know, five grand helps a lot of people. And so I'm going to make a little bit of money on five grand. You know, I'm going to make 350 bucks or, or 400 bucks on five grand a year. That's that's pretty freaking good, you know. True. So going, I want to touch back on the fundraising part. Is there specific people or, or, or organizations you're looking for? that you feel that it would be a great like addition to the Tattered Lives Farm? In terms of donors? Yeah. If you can disclose it, of course. I mean, I mean, you know, Jason and I have, have talked about the types of, of people, you know, we think, you know, might make the most sense, whether it's people that are somehow involved in real estate or other parts of land development or investing, or again, going after other, not going after, but, you know, collaborating with other nonprofits that serve the people that we are also going to be serving. You know, it's, again, everyone's had some sort of hardship. So I think it's, it's really hard to pinpoint it in one specific area, but knowing that we kind of have a dual mission, um, those are kind of, I would say the bigger audiences, um, and I did want to just go back to some of the couple of the points that Jason had earlier. I mean, a month ago, I didn't know him from a hole in the wall. I literally applied to be his assistant. Uh, and here I am now his director of fundraising. So, um, you know, he, he's a no BS guy. Um, and what drew me to tattered life's farm is someone who knew, nothing about the organization. I live, you know, a thousand miles away in Massachusetts and this is in North Carolina, but, you know, coming from the nonprofit world where, again, you guys talked about some of this stuff earlier, people are making huge salaries. You know, what is your money really going towards? Um, In this concept of whether it's the fractional ownership side where you're investing and getting something back for your money, or if you're just giving us a $25 $25 donation, because even a hundred bucks is too much for you. You know, that $25 is then going to go towards us being able to build those homes for people. It's rare in a nonprofit that you actually see a tangible result in a, in a lifetime. Honestly, if you think about any illnesses, there's no cure for any disease out there. There's treatments and things like that, that when you fundraise, you know, that that's going towards, but where else can you say my $25 helped build a home for someone who lost their dad in a fire or, you know, my hundred bucks now is, you know, that I invested is allowing someone whose child had cancer and they couldn't afford rent. That's, that's pretty rare. And 
you were saying earlier, you know, is it going to be hard to sell that? Well, unless you're a total a-hole, no. You know, if you have no heart whatsoever, but, you know, 25 bucks, you can put a roof over someone's head, $100, you can, you know, get some money back and also put a roof over someone's head. If you can't, you know, not, you know, if, if people can't wrap their heads around that and think that that's not a good use of their time, you're not our audience anyway. So keep on walking. Now I know why Jason got you on board. <laughs> see? That's the Boston in me that comes out. I like that. <laughs> that. I like that. And, 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 and Jamie, you, you know, like, you know, you and I have had some freaking awesome life conversations, yeah. my man, like off camera, like just personal, like conversations. And I've always struck, you know, shoot straight. Like I don't have time to mince words. And um, I'm not a huge educational dude. So I don't know, like, you know, these big words to use. So I'm going to like, you know, I'm going to talk and say, be very direct. And I text that way. Um, but and I'm not always the softest place to land. But what I'll always be is truthful. Yeah. 100%. You will never catch me tell a lie. I don't have time for it. One, I don't want to remember it, you know, um, you know, so I, this is, this is Jackie's going to probably be pissed. I bring this up, but you know, unfortunately, you know, land development, you know, developers are, are generally not liked um, in areas because we're generally developing, you know, uh, around existing neighborhoods and stuff like that. And so we had a couple uh, in the community that, you know, were really breaking my balls pretty good because they thought they would bring up stuff from my past. And I'm like, yeah. And I'm just like, dude, that's like two decades old. Shit. I, I talk about that in like 14 different podcasts. Like you, you <laughs> got to do better. You got to do better research, my man. Like, you know, me being bankrupt or me owning different businesses that were controversial. Like, so what I, I invest in things to make money and I've made a lot of money in my time uh, on this earth. I've done some really cool shit. Um, and I don't ever, ever regret anything. You know why? I have a wife that we're going to be together 30 years come May. I've got two amazing freaking daughters. I got an awesome um, son-in-law. I've got two freaking killer grandkids. Like my life is freaking amazing. And so that goes back to my friend. He's helped me see that I have the capability to do mm -hmm. something really big. I have done other really large and big things. And if I have that capability, then why not, you know, utilize that into helping others in a, um, and taking my knowledge of land development and saying, Hey, this is a pretty cool thing. And then, like I said, this fractional ownership is, is fairly new, but if there's a, if there's a, one of the world's largest, uh, most richest individuals, and if he's investing in a for-profit company and he just gave them $125 billion, well, then obviously must work. True. And so all I need to do is go to his securities and exchange attorneys, which we're using. So that tells you right there how serious I am about it. And so, and say, I want to do his model, but for a nonprofit. And they looked at me and said, yeah, nobody's doing that. And I said, yeah, no, I do stuff that a lot of people don't do because I don't, you know, I just, that's my mentality. And so I'm okay with people again, and I've, and I've repeated this hundred times. It's okay for people to make money 
on helping other people. People right now are making a lot of money in the real estate market and they're not fucking helping anybody. <laughs> they're not helping anybody. You know, no, they're helping. They're um, happy. The, they're helping the Lamborghini companies. They're helping the Rolex yes. company. They're helping. I mean, they're helping other big companies making profits yes. off of that. There's there's. Oh, my God. You can go on TikTok and there are a number of people that sit there and brag about how they, you know, do Section 8 homes and how much money they make off the government. And they own this Lamborghini yeah. and this, you know, Rolls Royce and this and that. And, you know, hey, again, more power to you. If you can do that. Hell, yeah go for it. That's just not my mentality. You know, I live a very comfortable life. Um, my kids won't, you know, when I die, my family won't need or want for anything. They won't need it. Um, and so I just have a different mentality on business. I just think TLF is, is my calling. Um, and people like Jackie who believe in the mission, um, you know, and see that there's a greater cause that we can do that can kill two birds with one stone. We can build affordable rentals to keep roof over people's head who need that help. And people can make a little bit of money off helping those people. And you know what? I'm going to actually reverse the thing that I said. I bet you 10 to one, the people that like the quick buck, I bet you 10 to one that they will invest into this because they, it gives them the ability to actually do something good. I bet you you're going to find off this podcast and uh, the, the outreach of us, of them seeing that we're giving a home away rent-free. They know that we're, we're not BSing. You know, like we're in this. Like if we're going to build a home and give it away to a family in need, it automatically shows us and how serious we are in making this Tatterlice Farm, you know, the next, you know, land development nonprofit company. And I think more people are going to get involved than I, than I think. I just think that, like you said, there's a certain mentality that unfortunately social media has caused people to be. And most of the, I can tell you, I have acquaintances who own the jets and own the yachts and own the sports cars that people are paying to get pictures in front of. So it looks like they own them. Yeah. And then they're driving off in a Honda Civic. Like most of the stuff in, in, uh, on social media is so freaking fake that it's just, it's so sad, you know, but that's how they sell it to their, you know, hundred thousand followers. And they, you know, you know, they pitch this dream. And, and again, it goes back to that course, give me $5,000 and I'll, I'll, you know, I'll show you how to do this, you know? And again, there's some great courses out there. There, there truly are. And then there's just some real, you know, bad people well there's Most bad people, people know and then there's that good a people. lot of i was gonna say there's as much noise and negativity as there is on social and all that stuff there are a lot of good people in this world and a lot of them that do it that don't need the recognition they're not the ones standing in front of the jets they're not the ones standing you know there are good people out there but they don't need to brag about it you know, and those those are the types of people that we're going to focus our Approach. time and our energy on. Well, that's kind of like looking back at one of the questions I asked, like, do you think with what because what you guys are doing is really great. Do you think it gets buried with everyone else doing that kind of stuff like for themselves, the selfish people that are advertising? Hey, for five thousand dollars, I can get you double or triple this compared to what you guys are doing. Do you guys feel like you guys are buried 
But in, with, with being buried, you, I feel like you guys are still going to find that core audience that are going to be like, hey, you know what? I'm down. Yeah, I mean, yes. it's Yes, we are. But again, those aren't necessarily the people that we want to go after anyway. And I think the good news is I came from a nonprofit of a rare disease of, and rare diseases, there's 7,000 of them in the world, just for rare diseases, not counting like big diseases you know about. So I'm used to working in an underdog capacity, you know? Um, and, you know, I did that for seven years and there, there's a lot, again, there's a lot of nice people out there. You just have to look in the right places. And to your point, the people that are saying, well, I'm not going to donate because I don't get anything back or I'm not going to invest because I'm not going to make my money back in a short amount of time. Great. Go donate to someone else or go invest with, you know, Acorn. Then like, have a good time. Um, you know, we're trying to do things that are actually going to help people in, again, the fractional ownership side or just the, um, nonprofit side. And there are people out there and you just have to look through all the BS basically. And I'm hoping with you guys being here and of course the Rambo army season and be like, you know what? I'm down. Cause I know they've always been a supporter of everything that Jason has done and been like, Oh, cool. So I know, uh, when Jason calls and says, Hey, I, you know, I want to get on the show. I already, he already knows the Rambo army's down. <laughs> They're always behind everything we do. I don't just advertise anybody or put anybody up. Cause even if, if Jason is a good looking guy, I'm not going to put him out there. <laughs> <laughs> And that's honestly, I think what sets him apart as a nonprofit kind of CEO founder, you know, most people in his situation, you know, could be or would be an a-hole and he's not, he's a genuine person who actually wants to make a difference. And for someone with his background, you don't see that a lot. So for, you know, for whatever types of things people might say, you know, again, I didn't know this guy three and a half weeks ago, literally. And now I talk to him 15,000 times a day. Um, and I, he's a genuine, good-hearted person who's been through some shit. And there are other people like that out there, but they're far and few between. And to be able to take that type of background and use it for good is what drew me, again, someone who had no knowledge and no background on any of this drew me in. And if you know that can happen with me, I think naturally we're going to find it happen with other people, but you know, we're, as I keep telling him, we're kind of babies in the nonprofit world and we got to, you know, dip our toe in, but I think we're going to grow and flourish tremendously. And, you know, I personally am excited to be a part of this. So, and I to make my small. podcast debut with you guys. I popped my first cherry with uh, Jason. <laughs> Jason was my first interview. <laughs> I'll be people forget my first interview was with Jason. Like I interviewed him three years ago. Yeah, that's so cool. Was. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. I interviewed yeah. him three years ago. Yeah. You know, he uh, uh, he came up to me and goes, "Hey, I, I, my employees heard your episode, and you know, I think you know, I was wondering if you can have me on your show." And I go, uh, "Yeah, yeah." And I'm, I'm sure. I, I try to act cool about it, and I was surprised that they were listening to my stuff. I didn't think nobody listened, and I mean, ever yeah. since then, it's been a very flourishing friendship with him. And I, I always call him when I need advice and. And when I see him doing something real good, I'm always like, hey, man, what's going on? You know, let, you know, anything I can do, I can help. You want to be on the show? You want me to advertise it? And it's been a very flourishing friendship, relationship almost. It has a, a, a really cool brotherhood. Like yes. A brother from another mother. <laughs> yes. You know? So, you know, I, mean, I, I, I appreciate you guys' kind words. I mean, uh, it truly means, it means a lot. And I, but I want to add this. 
Jack, you, you had said something, you know, we said something about, you know, people teaching these classes. I have lived and anybody who sits down and I tell my life story to, they're like, oh my gosh, you have lived the life of 10 people in your, you know, I'm going to be 52, um, you know, in your 52 years. If When I sit down and start like, you know, from my, let's just say, you know, from 12 years old, you know, and I say, okay, here's everything that I've done up to date. People are like, wow. And I'm talking, I've told that to people that make me, you know, that have a lot more zeros behind my name, you know, their name than me. And I could easily sell my story, my life as a coach. And I could easily be like, you give me five grand, I'll, I'll, I'll mentor you. I'll teach you. I'll teach you how to do real estate. I'll teach you, you know, how to not to go bankrupt. I'll teach you this, you know, how to, you know, be this event type, this, this, and, you know, it's just not my style. So I would rather say, you know what, I'll mentor you in a different way. Here's the ability to make a little bit of money. I don't, I don't want any money from you. Why, why, why in the hell do you think I'm doing this to nonprofit? <laughs> You know, it's nothing's coming to me, you know, it's all going, you know, to, you know, the, the homes, you know, now there's obviously, you know, overhead, but it's not me, you know, there's going to be employees and, and uh, management and this and that, but uh, of the farm and, you know, and animals and upkeep and stuff like that. So there will be expenses, um, but there's not going to be the, you know, typical expenses that you would generally find in a, a for-profit company and, and what people are paid. Um, but I don't, I don't have any desire to do that. I'm taking, I'm taking my life and saying, you know what, when I, when I fell and almost died, when I fell 22 feet and broke myself in half, I should not be here. Hands down. There is no doctor that had said like, wow, you fell 22 feet and yeah, no, you should definitely be here. No, no doctor said that. Um, my, so my kids and my family went through a traumatic experience at that time when they were little, three and six. So they saw dad all broken up, life flighted, may never walk, certainly may never, you know, function in certain areas and this and that. And I basically function as a regular human being. You know, I'm held together with, with a steel plate or titanium plate or whatever like that. And, but I'm here, you know, so I can utilize what my family went through. And the difference between me and all of these people that we're helping is my freaking wife. And, I, and you and I have talked about that numerous times. Through my financial successes and, and my couple of failures, who's always been my biggest freaking rock? My wife. She has always been there from a financial standpoint because she's had the capability to use her education that she's always made sure that we've had a roof over our head. So my successes is because of her. And so I just have the capability that when I come up with an idea, I can freaking take it to the moon because I know I will always have her support. And a lot of families don't have that capability. And that is what TLF is about. It's about me. Yes, I'm the story behind TLF. I'm the story behind I fell, I should have died. I had financial successes. I've had financial failures. I've had cancers, I've had these life-changing experiences and I've been able to get through them because I've had a rock. Not everybody has that. 
And so TLF is here to, to give that helping hand to someone and say, you know what? We'll be your rock. We will be the ones here to help you. And you know what? We have 10,000 other rocks who've donated or vested, and they also are going to be your helping hand. That is what TLF is going to be. And those 10,000 rocks will become 100,000 because people, people actually do give a shit. It's just we are driven by social media and news and stuff like that, that we are supposedly hateful people. We're not. We're not. I know where I live. There, I, don't, there, I, don't, I don't have any racial issues. And I live in the, I live in the South. Oh. I, don't, I, I don't have any you know, illegal alien uh, hatred. I don't have any black, white hatred. I don't have you know, anything that I see on the mainstream media. It's not my world. So I don't know what world they're living in, but it's not where I live. And I'm not saying that it's not there. I'm just saying where I live and it's within my surrounding, it, it's, it's all bullshit. And so we're going to, we will win because we don't, we're not going to allow that hatred to over, you know, to overshadow what we're doing. We're going to find the right people that want to help people. People helping people is what we're about. And I think that's a great concept of people helping people. I remember when uh, you sent me the, the, the ad read and I'm like, and I read it a couple of times and I stumbled it and I'm like reading it slowly. And I go, you know what? That's a really great help people helping people. I think that's, I, if there's any takeaway from this episode and, and you guys moving forward and doing other stuff, it's that it's people helping people, whether it be, like you said, whether it be a $25 to as a donation or whether it be investing $100 into a fractional ownership is you're helping somebody. And there, and I think if there's a takeaway, there's nothing bad of helping people and getting something out of it either. There's not, there's not. I, I think that's, I, and I can see where people could be that taboo. Like, Oh, you're, you're a dick. You're profiting on someone else's misery. No, I'm actually helping them. They're miserable. Right. They, they can't afford a home. They, they're bad. They're out of, you know, pretty much going to be on the street. We're giving an opportunity and in return, all we're asking is if you want to be a fractional ownership, donate you know, $100. Or if you want to be nice, $25 to a fun, to this fundraiser here. That's all we're asking. And I think that's a, it's a great cause. I like it. And if people can't donate, great. Are you local? Can you volunteer and help us when we actually start to do, you know, build things? Do you have a connection to a, you know, a furniture, you know, furniture company that might want to help us furnish those homes? You know, there's different things. It's not necessarily always... financial either you know and people seem to forget about that part but you know there's so many different ways for people to use their background and their passions to help us bring our you know mission into a reality you know as we move forward and like i said i'm hoping you guys get all the support again hope i hope the rambo army supports you guys whether it be sharing whether it be donating or sending hey i know somebody out there that could probably help you guys out i mean hey I know a bunch of my listeners, a bunch of Mexicans. Who knows? Maybe they know some Mexicans that might help you guys build houses. Who knows? <laughs> I don't know. I'm not. I can get away with it. I'll say. It. Hey, you know a roofing company? They would just have to come east. There you go. There you go. As long as you house them, you're good. Then we're good. We can do that. But uh, Jason, Jack, yo, I'm gonna cut it short with you guys. I want to thank you guys. Before we cut it, is there anything you guys want else you want to add or information you want to give to the Rambo Army where, it can, where they can help, where they can get more information about this? Just go to uh, tatteredlivesfarms.org 
Um, just look around the site, see everything that we're doing, all the cool things at the farm, um, the families. Um, if you know the family, if you know someone in need, get them signed up for that free home uh, giveaway. You, you never know. You don't know who's going to win. And, you know, Jamie, the thing is, I have four homes that we're going to be doing that for. Oh, four. I four. Thought it was, oh, damn, four homes. Well, no, this is this is the first one. Okay. But we've got three more after that that we're going to be doing. You know, every year we're going to be giving a home away to uh, rent free for a family. Oh, Tim. See, guys, come on. This is a great cause. This is a great guy right here who's giving who's helping people out. He doesn't have to do this. This guy can be bending people over the barrel and making money out of it. He doesn't do that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you could, I mean, let's be honest. You could, you like, if there's a takeaway here, you're not that type of guy. You're not built that way. The, the, the takeaway is I, the, the, the takeaway is, is I vested smart. I had done very well when I was younger. And so um, I was able to, um, again, I live a very comfortable life within my means. I was circled again. See, I wasn't circled with social media. I was circled with people who had a lot of zeros behind their name and they just drove a basic Cadillac. And when I, I remember you, I remember telling you a story. Um, when I was, when I, I said, I wanted to be a millionaire, a liquid millionaire by the time I was 30. And I achieved that six months after my 30th birthday, liquid, like I had that money sitting in, you know, in my account. And I had at that point, you know, the big 5,000 square foot house and the four cars and, you know, multiple motorcycles and four wheelers, all the toys, boat, jet skis. And one of my mentors at the time, his company did about $120 million a year. <laughs> and he had his uh, SUV and a Corvette. And he looked at me and he, and he said, this is the best. He goes, uh, why do you need all those cars? I said, well, why not? I said, I can afford it. He goes, why? What, what for? He goes, have, have your one enjoyable car and then have the other. Because at the end of the day, he goes, you're doing 16 to 17 hours a day in your land development and construction company. So you're barely seeing your family. And so, and you know what happened after that comment? About a month later, I fell and I damn near died. And so I was, what he taught me that I didn't see at that point was that I was kissing my kids on their head while they were sleeping when I left in the morning and I was kissing them on their head when I got home at night and babysitters were raising our kids and this and that. And, um, after my wife went back to work, um, and so it was, yeah, I had a boatload of freaking money. I mean, a lot of money, but I wasn't happy. You know, I wasn't spending time with my family because I was just making more and more money. And so once I fell, I was able to utilize what my mentor had told me to say, you know what? I don't need those material things. And so I've always just saved my pennies. So I live a very comfortable life. And I know once I go that my family will need, not need for anything. That's what I live for. I don't need the fancy car to drive down the street. So someone will be like, oh my God, look at that dickhead. 
Because that's ultimately what they're saying. Yeah, you know, true. They may they may say, oh, I wonder what he does. But at the end of the day, those people are generally going to be more jealous of you. And, you know, because you have that capability. And I'm not saying that I haven't flexed. I was telling Jackie, and I think I told you the story. I flexed a couple of times in my life. And, you know, my wife looked at me and said, grow the fuck up. <laughs> Like literally, she just looked at like she's just like, grow the fuck up. Like she doesn't listen, she minces less words than me, you know, especially with me, you know. So um, and she was right, you know. I don't need to, it, I'm not gonna be liked by a hundred percent of anybody. Yeah. So, you know, you and I had talked about that before, but you know, that's that's enough for that rambling. But I just think that there's <laughs> it's rambled away. I, yeah, it's rambling, you know, but I just think that I think we're going to find more people that resonate that are like me, you know, that have gone through their different things in life and are still here. And they have the capability of helping someone else, because I think there's more people out there that look at social media and see how some of those people are and they don't like it. And there are good people out there and they're going to they're the ones that are going to feed off of us and they're going to be like hell yeah i'm i'm all i'm all in and you know the thing is is your army has always been supportive like you know with tattered beans and all that like you guys always back that stuff because they knew what we were doing to give back to those particular people and that company and stuff Mm -hmm. like that so you know it's it's and it goes back to the thing like it's okay to make a little bit of money off helping someone Again, like I said, like if there's a if there's a takeaway from here, is there's nothing bad about that. No, that. there's not. Because I mean, especially in today's people, today's society where everyone's selfish and greedy, there's something you're getting something out of this by helping somebody, and there's nothing bad about it. So, nope. um, guys, I want to thank you guys for taking the time and talk about it here, Jackie. Thank you. I am glad I was able to you. be the first podcaster to have you Yay. on, and hopefully, uh. Yeah, this will be this won't be the last time we have you guys on. Hopefully we can, you know, touch back in a couple months, seeing how everything goes, you know, with the development and the progress of a uh, of Tattered Lives Farms. But uh Jason, you said they could find it on the website. I'm gonna have the link on the bio on the today's episode. Anything else you guys want to add besides the giveaways? Again, I'll leave the mic up to you guys before we uh, call it a day. Go ahead, Jackie. Oh, follow, follow us on social. Make sure you're keeping up with what we're doing. And if you have any awesome ideas that you want to see us implement, let us know. We're all ears. We're excited and we're very thankful. There you go, ladies and gentlemen. So I'm going to be on vacation next week. So there'll be no new episode of Ramley Alcoholics podcast or anything on the Ramley Network. So this juicy episode will be out immediately as soon as we're done here. So it'll be out Thursday morning for the people in the East Coast. It'll be out also Thursday morning. There you go. It'll be out Thursday morning there. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much. Enjoy yourselves. Have a good weekend. Drink responsibly because I won't because I'll be on vacation.